This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 24, 2020. Boy, time goes by fast, right? We have five trading days left in July. First month of the, what, third quarter of the year. And of course, the market continues to be volatile. Another down day today, two down days in a row. We haven't seen one of those in a while. So, what does that mean? It may not mean anything yet. And of course, the, co- the effects of the COVID nineteen virus is disrupting everything. Uh, you know, as we as it spikes in numbers, um, uh, you know, we're just going to have more volatility. The government, uh, the Democrats and Republicans, are trying to agree on another spending package. Europe's agreed on a big spending package already. You know, we've already spent what three trillion, six trillion. What's what's a trillion dollars here and there? Trillion. It's hard to fathom, I just tell you. It's just... So, but that's what's going on. So, in this program, this is a this program tries to bring all that stuff down to earth, down to understandability by all of us. Okay, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to provide answers, answers to your financial investment questions. You know, you need strategies, you want to know how to deal with the volatility. And that's what that's what we're here for. 888-99 Charter is our number. You can call and ask any question you want, as long as it's financial, and we'll discuss it. I'm Steve Peasley, and here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we always operate on the same premise, a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Justin Klein and I, our firm is a bit different. How? We buy the same things we do for ourselves as we do for our clients. At same time, same price. We call it parallel investing. We've been doing it for years and years. We continue to do it. We put our own money on the line with our clients on our same investments. Now, we have different level of risks that we have, different programs for different level of risks to suit whatever you might need. But we do, even at every one of those programs, we have money in. So that's what we do. Remember, we're ready to take your calls now, 888-99-CHART. And with everything that is going on, you have to make sure you're putting off, you're not putting off the same objective you've always had, and that's financial freedom at a certain point. When does that come into, no matter what, you still have to go. If the market collapses tomorrow, that goal is the same. You still have to reach it. And you can. It's not impossible. I don't care what happens in the economy, the market. It's not impossible. You just keep at it. Just keep pumping money into your investments. You'll reach your goal. Try. You know, one of our talking major, the main talking point, our main uh, point that we have today, I'm going to discuss is is people thinking too short term. That's a problem. So that's going to be the focus point today. And we're going to be, you know, this is a this is an interview with Secretary uh, SEC Chairman Clayton says he is worried about short-term trading for stocks like Tesla. It, now he didn't mention Tesla, by the way, uh, uh, but is it, his concern is it's not ju- it, it, the prices are not justified, and they are not. 
Akon Tesla, and it's a great company. Don't misunderstand me. A great car, and I think it's. And I've said this for years. You know, ever since it came out, I think it's going to be the number three car company in the United States. GM, Ford, Tesla, and it's going to keep growing. But I have a hard time believing that it is worth. It is worth both Ford and GM combined. How can a company be worth that? with a, a fraction of the auto sales. So that's what the SEC is talking about. We're going to talk, we're getting some more details on it. And of course, I've got other things I want to discuss. How about uh, new home sales? Did you see that? See the existing home sales? Well, we're talking about that. The FDA says there are 75 sanitizers that are toxic. You know, those hand things, everybody's squeezing, putting on a hand, drumming hand. There's 75 products out there that are toxic that you, you could be buying. you got to be very careful with what you're buying. I'm going to get into that. And talk about let's talk about a little bit about the tensions with China. China is not being discussed. Have you noticed that? But it is there, and I think we need to talk about that too. Okay, the market was down. The Dow was down 182. That's the second day in a row it's been down. The Nasdaq down 98, and the S&P down 20. So, uh, are we starting to see a little bit of a pullback, a crack in this march up? And, and I think we might get our pullback simply because the Congress is going to have a very heated debate on what money. Is going to be spent on any on what this little new package are coming out. They're not going to agree. The Republicans and Democrats are not going to agree. Both want to take credit for. It. Both agree that a spending package is necessary. That's what they're both agreeing on. But neither neither one of them want to give the other side credit. And you know what? You're in an election year. It's very difficult for them to set aside their differences. That they you know they want to use it to get either re-elected or elected president. So it's going to be an interesting fight. And therefore, that, that I still think they'll come to a deal. But, it, but the, the, um, the last package of unemployment benefits runs out this month. So they haven't gotten to agreement on the next one. So I think we're looking at an August where you'll not have those extra paychecks coming into the unemployment line. Stuff. It might be September when that finally kicks in, that's that next package. And therefore, we might get a little pullback in the market as the two sides argue and don't come to an agreement. That might take a couple of weeks. Oh, we might see weakness. When they come to agreement, that's another one to three trillion more dollars coming into the system. And I think the market will start taking off again. That's my opinion. We'll see if it works out. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And look at the calendar. August is, of course, just around the corner. Then the next stop will be Labor Day. For investors, the uncertainty of economic and political news is churning the market, producing a lot of volatility. So, how can you be better prepared for market swings that are likely to continue for some time? Well, we should talk about that. And your participation is always the main driver of this show. I need you. We're here taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART.
It's an Invest Talk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hey guys, love the show. This is Colt from Kansas. I uh, just was curious about Boston Scientific, uh, code BSX, and if it was a good long term buy for a core holding in a portfolio. Thanks. Yes, it is a good long-term buy for core holding in a portfolio, but it's expensive right now. So BSX, everybody, develops medical devices for cardiovascular rhythm management um, and other internal internal you know things for products to help your heart, lungs, and other kinds of things. So Boston Scientific is a very good company. It's a $55 billion company. It's always made money. It made $1.58 last year. going to make $0.95 cents this year, $1.69 next year. Why, why is it dropping? Because everything's focused on COVID. So all the hospitals, you know, shutting, shutting down other services and doing different things, you know, for people. They postpone those. So the earnings are going to be down. But it's going to earn $1.69 next year. And it's a $38 stock. So you're talking about a 21, 22 PE. That's not excessively expensive. Uh, the the five-year range is 16 to 30. So it's kind of in the middle. Uh, good cash flow. Does not pay a dividend, which is really surprising for a big company like this. It's one thing I don't like. Its, it's sales growth have been pretty consistent in the low, uh, you know, mid to high single digits and recent couple of quarters low uh, double digits. So it's a very good company. But I wait for a pullback. If it got, you know it's hitting resistance right now, right around $38, $39. If it pulls back into low 30s, I would just go ahead and close my eyes and buy it. It it got as low as 26 or so, 25, 26 in the March low. Okay, my focus point today concerns this story. Secretary, Chair, SEC Chairman uh, Clayton says he is worried about short-term trading for stocks like Tesla. Is the concern justified? Well, the SEC has issued guidance to brokers and investment advisors on how to give individuals proper warning about the risks. What he noted, and it's true, he noted that a lot of individual investors are pouring money into these kinds of stocks and they are looking for short-term gains rather than for long-term investments. And that, that's been true for since the beginning of time. I don't, you know, that's nothing new. But with all the money flooding in, you know, I mentioned earlier a couple days ago about talking to somebody who's getting their extra check from the government you know, pay for unemployment check, and want to know how, what he should buy with it in the stock market. Now, that concerns me because I can guarantee you that's not a long-term thinking kind of situation. You know, I, and that's what the short-term trading has caused a lot of stocks to shoot up, especially in the tech area. Uh, you've seen it. And the question is, are they justified in the prices, the price of sales ratio, the price of earnings, the margins, all those things traditionally that you look at and you say, well, gee, they seem to be expensive. And 
as soon as I hear the word from somebody out there that says, well, this time it's different, uh, I know that it's going to be over. But it's never different. It always comes back to earnings, fundamentals, and you know, you want to buy the stocks with good fundamentals and not overpay. We've noticed in our office, we noticed a slight change now where value is starting to outperform growth. And it's been a very, many years that has not been the truth that the growth outperformed value. And they don't, they change positions all the time, over time. I say over time, I don't mean, I mean all the time, I don't mean this week, next week, this week, next week kind of thing. More like this three or four years, and then this three or four years. Growth wins, value wins, long term. And we haven't seen that. We haven't seen value outperform growth in many, many years. So my speculation is at some point, it will. And I think I'm looking for that signal. I am looking for that signal. You should be too. Don't be trying to chase chase performance. That's always been a mistake in history. Chasing performance has always been a mistake. Try not to do that. As you might have noticed, each Friday I make a practice to quickly review some of the key benchmark numbers. The two-year treasury yield is at 0.14. <laughs> not much. Ten-year treasury is at 0.58. So a little more than half a percent per year for 10 years. That's not very good. The price of gold, 1889 per ounce, still going up. Silver is also going up, and silver has been is trying to catch up. It should. It's it's more. It's a better value at this point than gold. Oil is priced at forty dollars seventy two cents a barrel. Gasoline at the pump nationwide two dollars and eighteen cents. Okay, uh, Utah gas is two dollars and twenty seven cents. Here in California, three dollars and fifteen. Expensive still. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. And that's a first step in building a profitable portfolio, one that you can handle. So let's talk about that. 888 99Chart. This is Invest Talk the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Dylan from Oregon. Calling in for your take on Macy's. M, as in Macy's, uh, I've held a position for a few months and uh, want to hold on long term. But as I've watched a J.C. Penney file fall into bankruptcy, I'm kind of getting a little, uh, forming a little concern that Macy's might follow suit. A few indicators, however, just a low P.E. and some strong productivity to uh, kind of mitigate the turbulence are kind of offsetting my doubts, however. Should I sell now that I'm down about 20% or perhaps buy in a bit more? Thanks for doing what you guys do. Uh, do not buy more. 
Uh, Macy's, everybody, operates 839 department stores in 43 states, D.C., Puerto Rico, and Guam. I think Macy's might survive, but you know they're going to lose $4.36 a share this year. Well, actually, they're 2021 fiscal year, which is they're into now. And then make 51 cents a share next year to $6.45 stock. Sales in the most recent quarter fell 45%. There's no reason for you to own a big box store long term. They're being crushed. And you just pointed out one, JCPenney's. Or look at it this way. Macy's since 2015, the high of the stock was 73 2016, the high was 45. 2017, a high of 36. 2018, the high of 41. Then a, a high of 31 in 2019, and a high of 18 in 2020. That pattern tells you that it's going to go down. It, it's not. There's, there's. You might get a bounce back to $10 a share. That's possible. But there's no reason for, on a long-term basis, to hold any department store. There are too many other stocks that are much, much better than that. Okay, we had the lean economic indicators come out this uh, this week. Uh, it was 2% versus 3.2% the month before, but positive 2%, meaning that the economy is going to grow over the next few months. But the interesting stat I thought saw was new home sales, 776,000 last month. They expected 710, and it was 682,000 a month before. So this is a huge increase of above the expectation and above last last month, almost 100,000 more homes. Strongest rate of growth in 13 years. That was that happened in before the COVID in January, by the the next song, strongest. So sales rose in all four regions. And the largest gain in sales was in the Northeast at 89% gain. Now, and, well, one more point. It is still a tight market with only 4.7 months worth of supply. That's the inventory. Normally, if it was normal where there's a balance, it would be about six months. So... Obviously, you know why, because mortgage rates are so very, very low, being driven by the Fed. And I think that, I think the mortgage rates are going to be very low for some time. And I think we are at or very close to the bottom of mortgage rates. No one really knows, but I think, I think we are. This is historical lows on mortgage. Historical. Never been there before. Okay. So let's keep moving. Um, we have one more voicemail. Bank and 888 chart. Let's go ahead and take it. Hello, Steve or Justin. Thank you so much for your podcast. I'm calling about OHI. It's a real estate investment trust that owns long-term care facilities. I bought it at around 24, and I'm now seeing that their payout ratio is 160%. So I'm wondering, is there something I'm missing here? And if this is a good investment. Thank you for your time. They have to pay. They have to pay out most of their earnings, and I, I don't think that's quite right. Um, you know, uh, they're they're a thirty one dollars stock. They're going to make three dollars and a penny, three dollars a share. Ten percent of that. You know, the, if they pay ninety percent of that in the form of a dividend, which they have to, okay, 
Uh, that's two dollars and seventy cents, and as a percentage of thirty-one dollars, that's that's a you know that's about where it is, about an eight percent yield. Now I don't think you need to worry about it on on that sense. Uh, Omega Healthcare, everybody, uh, to read that invest in healthcare facilities, uh, primary long-term care facilities across the U.S. I like that space. I've liked it for quite some time, and they will pay a very nice dividend. Don't think that. The, the earnings are going to go down about 15 cents this year from last year, but that's going to re- rebound next year. So I don't think you need to worry about that. Really, I don't think you need to worry about that much. Okay, we have a trivia question. Earlier this week, I focused on the history of real estate in New York and Manhattan. The COVID-19 crisis has uh, caused upheaval around the country, and especially in New York. Now, as we go to break, here's my two-part follow-up real estate question. With regard to luxury real estate in New York City, Manhattan, what percentage of the buildings today constitute residential condominiums? And famously, in which year did Dutch settlers purchase the island of Manhattan from the local Indians? I'll have the answers all after this break, but for now, my phone lines are still open. They always will be. I encourage you to call 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free Invest Talk Insider program on investtalk.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use. 
and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. Okay, before the break, I gave you my trivia question with regard to luxury real estate in New York City, Manhattan. What percentage of buildings today constitutes residential condominiums? And famously, in which year did the Dutch settlers purchase the island of Manhattan from the local Indians? Here's the answer. In modern Manhattan, in New York City, the property inventory consists of 70% rental buildings, 20% cooperative apartments, and 10% condominium apartments. Cooperatives and condominiums are units that can be purchased individually, and that as opposed to needing to buy the whole building. Now, these figures were pre-COVID-19. So, will there be any change in the years ahead? I mentioned yesterday that it seems like there should be a change, or there might be a change, because not just because of COVID-19, but also the rioting. People before the rioting wanted to move into the cities, and well, maybe not so much now it's dangerous. Anyways, the island of Manhattan was current, whose current land value, by the way, is $1.4 trillion, was purchased for $24 by Dutch settlers in 1626. And the long, rich history of New York City's real estate market begins in 1609 with its first European settlement. Now, try to remember, centuries ago, the land of Manhattan, the was granite bedrock surrounded by salt marshes, making it unsuitable for farming or even living on. Did you know that? It wasn't worth much to anybody back then, not even the Indians. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. Well, New York City, it's of course now, you know, you since then you've seen what's happened to them. New York City. It was a great place to visit. I don't know if it still is because of all that writing going on. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but, you know, I love to visit New York. I worked there, oh, about two years, my first two years out of college. Worked in Manhattan. Out of California, by the way. So I was a guy from the land, young guy from the lands of fruit and nuts. That's what they call me, that young guy from the land of fruits and nuts, and went to uh, New York. Very different environment. Let's go to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? Good afternoon, Steve. Yeah, I'm uh, struggling with trying to get into SIL. Uh, I was uh, looking for a little pullback when it was uh, in the 30s. I was trying to get it at 35. It, it went beyond me, and it's, of course, as you know now, it's what up in the upper 40s. So. 
should I just go ahead and jump on it? Uh, because I, I suspect it's going to go much further, but uh, I'd like to get your view. Okay. Uh, he, SIL is the, is the uh, ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Global Silver Miners Index. And I do think silver is going higher. I do, uh, Noel. Uh, what I would do, since it's hard to know, I mean, yesterday you had a little pullback, and here it went, came, and got, got it all back today. I, I close my eyes, close my eyes. I hate to say that, no, and maybe buy half a position. And if you can get a pullback to maybe forty, from I buy the other half. I just buy it. You know, if you don't get that pullback and it takes off on you, well, at least you got some. That's how I, my thinking is going. So that's what I would do, Noel. I would just jump in. Okay? Appreciate the call. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning, and it is it does. I do this every Friday, as you know. Every Friday, I write that, uh, write the newsletter and send it out. And I hope it's pa- that's full of information that you can use. In the market conditions section, I explained that we are seeing economic uncertainty and stock investors are getting nervous. They do not like uncertainty, and stocks have been reflecting this following the recent peak that's to be made in June. The index is, the index is you know, chattering right around the 200-day moving average. Okay, chattering around the 200-day moving average. The economic uncertainty comes from these three areas, the coronavirus, the coming presidential election, trade uncertainties with China. Now, however, investors might be calmed with a new large spending program that is struggling to be passed by Congress. That money could calm the market and continue its path up. Remember, stock markets go up when money comes into it. When money stops flowing into it or slows down or changes direction, that's when the market goes down. It's a very broad statement, but it's true. True. Okay? Portfolio management section. Investors are constantly looking for the next big winner. They scour investment landscape for opportunities and jump at the attractive prospects. But professional investors first analyze the risks. And they focus on the under, uh, focus on understanding the volatility and risk profile of that asset. Then they, just, then they determine whether it fits into the portfolio of the person who we're managing the account for. You just don't buy things willy-nilly, willy-nilly. You buy them because they're in good value, and you, that's the first step. But you also buy them to see if they fit. That was what the um, portfolio management section was about. Stock ideas. Uh, a couple of them. Uh, one was a, a big financial products and services company, corporation. It does that for financial institutions and corporations worldwide. They pay a 2.8% dividend, and their stock is selling at a forward PE of 10. They have a huge cash flow of $7.13 per share. And mutual funds are buying it. The other one uh, I highlighted is the company operates 340 supermarkets in 22 states offering natural and organic foods. And we happen to own that one in some of our managed accounts. And, you know, under the Consumer Watch section, that's the, 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 the newsletter has four sections in it every week. 
And I talked about do-it-yourself projects around the house, which could boost your home's value. And what was really, it was kind of interesting. This is about, came out, uh, this is something I found in Zillow. Painting your front door will increase the value of your house. Painting your front door. Isn't that interesting? Just painting your front door. But painting the house is one way you can get the most for the least amount, the most for your money for a value increase, the least amount of out-of-pocket expense. So I, I thought that was interesting. But there's other things I mentioned in there. Okay, uh, let's see. There is a lot of valuable information in that premium newsletter, and it's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you can receive the full report each Friday directly in your inbox. If this information raised any kind of questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial. You can call our office in Irvine or send an email message through investtalk.com. It's pretty simple. It is Friday, and I like to keep the pace moving, so let's grab another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. I had a quick question about Tesla. I bought it at the dip at an average of 560. It's just continuing to climb and climb, and I just wanted to get your opinion on Tesla, and should I sell, should I keep it? I would love to get your input on it. Thanks. I would take some profits. I, I wouldn't sell out, but I certainly would take maybe sell half. Okay, lock in some profits. It's way overpriced. I mean, we're, they're going to make $14.12 next year, and it's a $1,417 stock, so that's 100 PE. Most auto companies sell under 10 PE. Tell me why this one sells so much over that. Okay, that's what my worry is. Great car company, great products, but the valuations are just unreal, unsustainable, not going to be there. They'd have to uh, sell a 100 or a 1,000 times more cars than they are today, and they just can't do that. They don't have the facilities. It's going to take them years to get there. So take some off the table. Diversify away from Tesla. But don't sell it all. I like it. I like that it's – Justin hates Tesla, by the way. But I like it because I think it's the next big car company. But I think it's insanely overvalued at this point. So, that's TSLA. You know who they are, everybody. Manufacturers of full electric vehicles. That's all they do. Let's go to BJ in Cupertino. How are you doing, BJ? Hey, good. Thank you, Steve. So, uh, basically, I have a question about the tension. So, uh a previous company, basically, a company split, and then uh, some of the pension money is in the previous company. So we are not considered as employees of that anymore. Uh, so is it good to transfer that into rollover into uh, for IRA, IRA, I guess? I can't do it to 401k, right? Well, uh, if if is it, is it are you currently in the 401k? Yes. Okay, and they're allowing you to roll that into an IRA because they're changing because you have one because they're changing their their retirement plan, basically. Yes, I so mean I, would, I could leave it there. Yeah, I, I would not. After when I retire, I get some money every month. Or yes. I have option to roll it over. I'd roll it over into an IRA because you have more choices. Okay. 
of investments. You have more freedom to do what you mm-hmm. want. And I, I like the right. freedom. I always, I don't like being tied into just the mutual funds or whatever they're offering. And if you, if they allow you to sell stocks, it, it's super expensive. You could roll that over to an IRA and have free trading at Schwab, TD Ameritrade. I mean, a lot, a lot of them. Free, free stock trading. And you got a lot more freedom. I like that a lot better, BJ. Thanks for the call. Call me if you need help with that. I can help you. Let's go to Carl in Ohio. How you doing, Carl? Good, Steve. Uh, I have a question about Yeti, uh, ticker symbol Y-E-T-I. Okay. I'm thinking about taking a uh, small position in this. I uh, wanted to get your opinion on it. Uh, Design, manufacturers, and marketing innovative and outstanding outdoor products. What I remember of Yeti is their is their uh, their icebox. Their uh, you know the the do they? Well, I don't know what else they make. What else do they make? That's the only thing I know. They make they're... like coffee cups um, and like wine glasses, things like that. Just things that insulate drinks very well. Okay. Then um, I, I, they're going to make a dollar three this year. After making a dollar eighteen last year, but they're going to go up to a dollar thirty-seven next year. Sales growth is between been running around fifteen, eighteen percent on average, quarter after quarter after quarter for the last couple of years. So they're doing quite well. Three point nine billion dollar company that came out publicly in two thousand eighteen. Public company IPO. The IPO price is around what fifteen, sixteen dollars. And today it's at forty-five fifty-nine. Uh, it's a forty-five dollar stock going to make a dollar thirty-seven. So that should tell you that it's very expensive. Okay, from a from a uh, valuation point of view, it's above all. It's a fifty new fifty-two week new high. What day before yesterday? Um, I think if you get a pullback, Carl, I wait for a little bit of pullback. You might get it down into the forty dollar range. That's a decent pullback. It could go into the high 30s, too. I don't know if I'd buy it here because it's just so expensive. I like the growth. I like the profit margins. They have a little bit of too much debt for me, too, and that worries me. But I, I know of the product, of the icebox, but everything else I'm not familiar with enough. So they have good growth. Stock's doing well. Company, uh, uh, you know, management owns 7%. So it's just expensive. I would wait for a pull buy. Appreciate the call, Carl. Thank you. 888-99 chart. That's my number. Love to talk to you. Time to give me a call. The FDA says that there are 75 sanitizers out there that are toxic hand sanitizers. That was up from like 15 the first time I told this this out of the, the FDA. It has ethanol in it that could cause death if absorbed through your skin or ingested, of course. And some say they have, say, some of them that have that ethanol in them say that they don't, that they have ethyl alcohol or ethanol, not. So there's, you got to be real careful of what you're, what's in these darn things, okay? So, um, check out the link at FDA, okay? It's fda.gov slash drugs slash drugs 
dash safety dash n dash availability slash and it goes on and on and on but <laughs> check it out they have a list also marco watch had an article today about this fda you can, you can google that get that article because they listed they listed products that have this in them and some of these products are illegal on or not shouldn't be on our market shouldn't should, all of them are should not have this in, in this in this uh, poison in them but they do so be very careful. Everybody's all, give me sanitizers and all that stuff, man, but make sure you know what you're putting on yourself. Okay? On the next Invest Talk, this story. Famed billionaire Elon Musk of Tesla is warning that another government stimulus package is not the best interest of the people. Is he right? Why does he make this claim? That story is Monday. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live. 888 99 chart. Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well thought out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99 chart is how to get through right now. It's been another Investor Friday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for your show. I really, really uh, enjoy listening to it. So I had a uh, question about GE, General Electric. So uh, I was wondering uh, what the charts say and uh, what you guys uh, thought about it. I'm looking to get into it. And uh, in terms of time frame, uh, I'm looking at both the short term from a four to six week out, if it's a good trade, and also from a one to two year time frame, uh, if it's something uh, worth uh, holding on that long at all. Thank you so much and uh, love everything that you guys do. Take care. Okay, I, I don't think so. General Electric, GE is a symbol, manufactures transportation, energy generation, consumer appliances, industrial, medical equipment. The reason why I say that is it's going to, it made 65 cents in 2019. 65 cents a share. It's, it's scheduled to make 8 cents a share this year and then 39 cents a share next year. It's $6.86. That means it's over a 20 PE. And its sales have been falling consistently for years. I mean, they're going in the wrong direction as far as numbers tell. It's still a $60 billion company, but it's not the, the old GE. Don't think in those terms. Pays a six-tenths of 1% dividend. Has lots of debt. The return on equity is pretty hefty, pretty good at 21. 21. Okay, this stock went down to 550 and today's at 686. Uh, before the COVID thing, it was a $13 stock. I could go back up to about $9. I think that's where it could go, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my money in it simply because I don't know what would be the catalyst for that. What's going to make it go up? I mean, it hasn't done very well compared to the rest of the market. Yeah, I, I, it's just not the old GE we used to love. Just not. General Electric. 
Okay, tension with China. Okay, China, did you see the flooding in China, by the way? You see all that flooding? It's going to cost them billions of dollars. And the worry is, this is the Yangtze River, right? And they, this is the three, what they call it, three gorges dam that they built. Some huge dam took them 10, 20 years. I don't remember how long, but forever. And they are now worried about, they meaning not China, they will never say that. The rest of the world, the experts, are worried that can it hold this flooding, this huge flooding problem that's been unprecedented in China. Uh, and I don't, no one's really reporting on it in the United States, but there's massive floods in cities and just huge, huge problem. Now, this come right after their COVID issue. So this is going to, this is really, this is really going to affect China. But the one thing I wanted to talk about, did and not too many people know this or being paying attention, we closed their Houston consulate. We closed our Houston consulate this week. Why did we do that? Because we, our government said the Chinese consulate tried to steal data from facilities in Texas, including Texas A&M Medical System. I guarantee you they were trying to do that. I guarantee it. That's why they're, That's why many of these consulates exist. You don't think the Russians and Chinese try to do that? Of course they do. And of course, we try to do the same thing to them. China retaliated by closing um, closing um, our consulate in the Chengdu area, whatever government that, whatever city that is, Chengdu, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm not sure. But why I'm bringing this up is because things are ratcheting up. Tension is ratcheting up with China. You know, first it was this COVID thing, okay, where, you know, the virus came from China. They didn't bother telling us about it, didn't care to tell the rest of the world. They just thought that they'd keep that secret. And, of course, it spread throughout the world. And it came from one of their labs. You know they're developing developing uh, web, they're trying to weaponize these things. You know it. Isn't it uh, that's an open secret. So tensions are not are getting difficult more and more all the time. I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening to Invest Talk. I will return next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please tell your friends that we have posted a new June bonus show. Justin and I answer 30 caller questions at a faster than normal pace. It can be downloaded for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. 
Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 